Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. Sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and DCRadio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. I'm Wendy Cherry, your host, and I'm honored to share more information about today's topic and introduce today's guest. Tawanda Rooney is the founder and president of Be Fabulous Moments Incorporated and the visionary behind providing fabulous moments to women and children through random acts of kindness and support for those impacted by domestic violence abuse. So this is Domestic Violence Month, which is October. After the brutal murder of her sorority sister, Bronwyn B. Green Richards, Tawanda became active in the fight to eradicate, educate, and prevent domestic abuse against women. She currently serves as the co-chair of the Prince George's County Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the uh, domestic violence task force there. She also has 20 years of executive leadership experience with the federal government, and she's my big sister in Delta from Virginia State University. So shout out to all the Alpha Eta sorors there. So welcome. Yay, thank you so much. Yes, welcome. So happy to be here. So happy to have you here. So we're going to talk about something very serious today. So it is um, domestic violence and abuse. And so... What I'm sure maybe some of you might be like, that doesn't have nothing to do with me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, And there might be some of you who have stories of people who have uh, been impacted or um, people that you know who have been impacted. But I wanted to just bring it home where we understand that it could happen to anybody. Absolutely. And it doesn't even matter what color you are, the socioeconomics that you live under. It just happens and it can happen. So what we want to talk about is bringing some awareness around it, because here in the sanctuary, we're all about awakening and healing. But you can't heal what you don't talk about. That's right. Um, And we're also about being transparent and authentic. Um, And so when you are transparent and authentic, you the goal here is to maybe get somebody to call to get some help who Mm -hmm. might be experiencing it. So for myself, I didn't grow up in a family that I know of that was at least physically abusive. But let's talk about it. It's both physical and emotional. Am I right? Physical, emotional, financial. Mm. 
So mm. there is different aspects of it, and it's basically someone that is trying to maintain control of you. And gotcha. so think about those aspects where they would try to control your finances. Gotcha. You know, what you do, um, that stalking piece, you know, texting, that sort of thing, trying to find out everywhere you go. And mm-hmm. so those are some interesting signs that we don't think about right. when we think about domestic violence. We think about they have to, you know, be strangling us or right. hitting us over the head. Right. Um, but wanting to know everything you do and try to control and isolate you is another part of uh, domestic abuse. Interesting. So I think about college <clears throat> and I think about a young woman that I was in college when during the time I was there who was murdered by her boyfriend in her front yard in front of her child in front of her family by a boy her 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 mate or whatever and so that was kind of like probably the first time in college that I experienced something like that and we weren't as close as she was to my friends so my friends were devastated Mm -hmm. but I just remember being like how the heck did that happen and we're 20 something you know what I'm saying fast forward to college for me at the end of college I was starting to experience now what I can say was probably some kind of a um, domestic abuse with like mind games, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I could say the moon is white and this person would say, no, the moon is red. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there thinking, am I crazy? Like, am I crazy? What is happening? So it started off really, really subtly. Yes. And at first I'd be like, he's so crazy. And then I'm like, no, no, he's really crazy, but I love him. Right. Right. So then I'm just like, you know, he's not hitting me. He's not doing certain things to me. So I'm still kind of just like hanging in there. I'm on this ride or die craziness. Right. Mm -hmm. So it went from those little subtle things of like the moon is red and I'm saying is white to me being stripped of my clothes and pushed out into public in front of everybody. Wow. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy. This is crazy. And so, you know, I decided for myself that I wasn't going to let myself, you know, be affected in that way Mm -hmm. anymore. And so it was, but it was so traumatizing. And I kept thinking, well, what did I do to deserve this? And I kept thinking this person always talked about how they watched their mom be uh, physically abused by their dad when they were young right. and the pain that their mom went through and the pain that he went through as watching it and how he would talk to me about it. So I was really like, but why would you do it to me? Even though he wasn't hitting me, it still was emotional and it was uh, devastating and it was traumatic. And so it carried, um, these those emotions carried with me for a long time. Right. And so, you know, I don't want, I want our listeners to kind of like think about this can happen to anybody. I'm a middle-class, college educate, educated, pretty cool lady. That's right. And I'm like, if it could happen to me, then it could happen to anybody. And so let's talk about some of the statistics of um, domestic violence. 
So I'd like to really talk about the definition of domestic violence okay. so that we're clear in to what you just talked about, that it has no you know, specific age, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, gender, race. So it can affect us all, and it has affected us all. So if even if it's not you personally, you may know of someone. Um, and so the domestic violence um, definition is a pattern of behavior in any relationship that is used to gain or maintain power and control over an intimate partner. Mm. So think about that. Mm -hmm. um, and so does your partner ever embarrass you or put you down? Mm -hmm. Control what you do, who you see or talk to or where you go. Push you, slap you, choke you, or hit you, which is one of the really common things that you can relate to. Mm -hmm. Control the money in the relationship. Right. Tell you that you're a bad parent or threaten to take your children away. Prevent you from working or attending school. Mm -hmm. Those are just some things that would, if you answered yes to any of those, you're probably in an abusive relationship. Wow. If you answered yes to any of those, wow. Yes. And this is coming straight from the Domestic Violence Hotline Organization, which is a national organization um, for domestic violence, which has a hotline number I want to give out. It's 1-800-799-SAFE, mm -hmm. 1-800-799-SAFE. 1-800-799-7233. If you're experiencing any of that, you should give them a call. Okay. So let's kind of, let's, let's, can I look at that? Let's kind of go through some of these because this stuff kind of seems, it's almost normalized in yes. our society. And I'm thinking with like social media, sometimes you see some of these things, like you see people embarrassed, you see, you hear people being controlled, um, I'm thinking about a lot of women, so I do uh, counseling for, I do nutritional counseling, but it's really like a holistic approach that I use. And I always ask the women, are they being their most authentic selves? And are they living the lives that they want? And a lot of times they say no. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I'm say, well, why not? And then they say, because of money. And they're afraid to do anything because the money is tied up into their relationship and they would feel a certain way or it wouldn't be acceptable for them to um, use their money that they work for to do something else. So I think that I don't want us to kind of like blush over or brush over how basic some of these things are. Somebody telling you you're a bad parent and threatening to take your child away or coming to your job when they're not supposed to be there. Absolutely. You know, yes. and making you feel bad. So just um, we will have some notes for this and we'll definitely at the end share that number again and share how people can um, connect with you all. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how you got involved in this. Yeah. So it started um, eight years ago now. Um my line sister, uh, sorority sister, Bronwyn, mm -hmm. um, she was murdered by her strange husband um, in April of 2010. And at the time um, of her murder, you know, you knew a little about domestic violence or mm -hmm. you heard something about it, but I had no personal experience. I probably at that time couldn't really identify mm -hmm. um, individuals that I knew personally right. um, that had been impacted by domestic violence. And so that was a jury day for us. Um, I was actually out of town. There was a gathering at Virginia State University. Mm -hmm. um, Alpha Eta was um, having their anniversary, and I received 
um, a call from one of my line sisters saying that there was talk on social media and in the uh, media that Bronwyn had been killed. Mm. Um, and I, at the time, uh, I, I remember it so vividly. I was in the hotel. Um, my daughter was off for a competition, and I remember really denying it and um, just could not even fathom that anything so devastating would happen. Um, and, and the thought that anyone would try to harm her, mm-hmm. yet alone murder her, was just too much for me to even um, handle. Right. Um, and so, long story short, it was true mm. um, that her estranged husband um, murdered her. Uh, he has um, since been convicted of the crime. Oh, good. Um, and um, has received life plus 20 years in jail. Oh, good. Um, he, um, it was a, a long process. It took six years to bring his trial, um, and um, we were so satisfied with what occurred um, in the courtroom. Uh, he denied it so vividly that it was not him, um, oh. and to the point that he, um, you know, almost was accusing the, the children that were at least witnesses to it from a, um, they didn't see it visually, but mm. they heard what happened at the house. They were in the house. Um, and so they have been so traumatic. It would have been a traumatic experience for them Absolutely. Um, to go through this and to witness this. Uh, her mother at the time um, was um, um, sick. She had suffered a massive stroke, and Brahman was her caregiver. Oh. Brahman was the only child um, to her mom, Mm -hmm. and uh, her mom, um, as we would know, had died of a broken heart. So her mom, two years later, um, passed away. Um, and she visited Bronwyn's uh, gravesite almost daily. Um, and for probably the six months or so, um, I almost talked to her weekly, and it was just so horrific to hear the pain in her heart and right. in her voice as she went through that. So it, it has had a devastating effect. But we wanted to bring um, the legacy in life of Bronwyn out and really show how fabulous she was, that the murder and her death did not define her. Um, And so we really wanted the Be Fabulous moments to really represent who she was and her fabulous self. If you notice, we have the peacock as our logo, Mm -hmm. and the peacock represents Be Feisty, Be Fabulous. Um, And that's just who she was. When she walked in a room, she lit the room up. Um, She was a creator, innovator, uh, she was an artist. Right. Um, That's what so, I remember. How yeah. beautifully that she made y'all's book. And she just Absolutely. was always so creative. So creative. Um, and she was an art teacher. And okay. so they had the repass from her um, service at the school. And you should just see the art um, that was there from the students as well as her. Um, and just really was um, a wonderful experience. And so we wanted to bring that to light. And right. so the B in Be Fabulous is B-E-E for Bronwyn because that's who we called her. And our mission is to bring fabulous moments to women and children that are impacted by domestic violence. If you think of um, a Make-A-Wish Foundation, right. this is the Make-A-Wish Foundation for domestic violence. And okay. so we're offering these special moments, give them an opportunity to um, decide how they they want to spend just a moment to get out of that traumatic experience, to okay. bring light to them for a moment. 
Um, And so we've been um, blessed and honored um, to have given at least six Be Fabulous moments to families. Okay. Um, And it's amazing to me when you ask a woman that have been victimized by domestic violence what special moment they want. Mm -hmm. You think they'll say, oh, I want to go to the spa. Right. Or maybe I want to go shopping. Most often we hear can you get me some clothes for my children? The basics. I need my children to have uniforms to start school. Mm-hmm. Can you can you get us? I mean, and it's just amazing to me um, what they ask for. They're not concerned at all about themselves. They're mm-hmm. concerned about making sure that their children are taken care of. And so we just we we're just so excited about where this um, organization is going. Um, we're about to do um, a Be Fabulous moment this Saturday Okay. with a local um, shelter in the area. Okay. Um, and it's a non-disclosed um, location, right. but it's about 15 women and 15 children um, and counting because, you know, they come there on a frequent basic basis. And we're doing a um, Pamper Me Spa Day. Okay. okay. And so we're bringing um, massage therapists. We're bringing um, hair salonists. We're bringing uh, the nails and all of that to them, mm-hmm. as well as this big, fabulous, be fabulous bag filled with nice things for, for them, as well as for their children. Okay. So we're excited about that. That sounds awesome. And I think I'd like to, we're going to end up there okay. with the beauty of it. But I want to go back to sort of like um, you talked about Bronwyn's children Mm -hmm. now when we're in situations like this we have to remember that what happens to us passes down to our children and these things that are happening leave a legacy of you know you you have a legacy it's a good legacy or it could be a traumatic legacy right and so when you are, I'm talking to, and so let me ask this, are men abused as well? I think you said gender. So what, what is the statistic on that before so, I finish? Yeah, so the statistics is one in four women are in, um, have had um, severe physical violence and one in seven men mm. um, severe violence. And so I don't want to just say we're focused on women, mm-hmm. but um, men can be abused. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you look at the definition of embarrassing and putting you down, financial, keeping you away from your kids, it can um, happen to men as well. Um, and the Be Fabulous moments, while it is focused on women and children because mm-hmm. of um, what has occurred to Bromwin, mm-hmm. we are still educating and we're getting information about um, domestic violence regardless of sex, gender, right. race, or anything. And so we want to make sure that we get that information out. But some um, other startling statistics is 20 people per minute are physically abused in the United States due to domestic violence. That's how prevalent it is. people per minute, and we will, we have a 60-minute show. So that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. 20,000 calls are placed to domestic violence hotlines daily, nationwide. Mm, okay. 20,000 calls. Think about that. Yeah. Just in a day. In a day. Wow. One in 15 children are exposed to violence, domestic violence a year. Absolutely. I definitely can see that. And okay. most of them are, I, 90% of it of them are eyewitnesses. Mm-hmm. 
to the crime, meaning they would have to go to court, like Bronwyn's children had to go to court and testify. Gotcha. Okay. About the crime. Okay. So this is this is something that you know as it was far reaching. So even though a woman or a man, a human being, being disrespected, a human being being mistreated, and maybe physically, you know, impacted. Um, it has far-reaching, it's like the footprint is so wide. And so you think about Bronwyn's mom. Mm-hmm. You said that she passed away yes. from a broken heart, yes. from her only child being mistreated. Um, and now her children don't have a mom that you know that's physically here mm-hmm. to help them celebrate their weddings and all the things that they have gone through since she passed eight years ago. Were they teenagers? How old were they? Um, Her daughter was 18. Mm. Uh, She was graduating from high school, um, very active um, in in her school and everything in the community. Right. Um, Academics off the chart. Her son, 14, the same thing. And so they were in everything very academically. Um, And unfortunately, um, you know, it's not a good story towards the end. And so A lot of times, to your point, um, they either um, take on those personalities mm-hmm. or they suppress the trauma, mm-hmm. which still have them spiraling down, not living out their true, authentic purpose. Right. And so her children are both in different states. Um, and um, and I think, uh, uh, as you know, you have to deal with the trauma. Yeah. And so to deal with the trauma, you have to deal with it. And it's ugly. And you have to hurts. talk about it and, and it bring hurts. it up. Exactly. Right. right. And so if so, we're talking to the human beings who are listening here. And if you are experiencing any of this, just know that in addition to it impacting you, you're also impacting those around you because you are probably isolating yourself from the people that love you the most. Mm-hmm. Your, pro- your children are probably watching you not be uh, that your best self not feel good and you know energy is everything so it's one of those things where we don't even realize a lot of times parents don't realize the effect that they have on their children and so when their children grow up they have a lot of trauma and sometimes if there is a brave moment where people um start talking about it the parent is surprised because they think that they because they didn't talk about it they were protecting them they thought that they were sheltering them from um the pain but really you feel the pain you might see the pain you witness the pain and you feel it energetically and that is really what starts to pass down Mm -hmm. and so You know, on this show, we talk about if you don't bring it up, you can't heal it. What you don't talk about, what you don't bring up and out can't be healed. And so if you're in a situation right now where you feel isolated and you have some of these things happening to you, just know that there are places that can help and just know that you can choose to do something different. And we know that there's a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fear in trying to be free. Yes. Freedom. With, with freedom, with the, uh, the quest for freedom, there is a lot of fear. But we are in a place now where it's all about self-preservation. And it's time to start preserving ourselves and 
our children and our legacy because those things pass down. And, you know, I think about the person who mistreated me in school and they said they like how we kind of connected was that he watched his mom, you know, go through the same thing. And so my brain could never connect that it was happening to me. And why would it happen to me? Because he saw it happen. But if you don't know, if you don't have a different model, if you haven't seen something different and there's so much rage, right? There's so much rage in people who experience this. There's so much um, pain and all those types of things that hurt people, hurt people, hurt people, hurt. And people. so then it just passes on. And so it's unfortunate that it happens like that, but it does. And you know, a lot of times what we're dealing with, we are dealing with seven generations before us, and we affect the seven generations ahead of us. So if you're dealing with this now, today is the time to stop it because then you can stop what would happen for the next seven generations and bring joy and bring peace and bring most of all freedom from these types of things to the people who are coming after you. So your children, your daughters, your, your sons, your grandchildren, if you're able to stop it and make the call, um, and, and like for me, it was so subtle. It's sort of like I pictured myself as I've grown, I pictured myself standing still and there was a little snake at the bottom of my feet and I'm afraid of snakes. And it was just circling at the bottom, just nicely circling. And the next thing you know, I was looking face to face. It had already strangled me mm-hmm. and it was in my face. That's how subtle, but how quick this um, these experiences that I was having came and those are classic and so it starts small and then it escalates doesn't always have to Mm -hmm. and so i want to emphasize that everyone's situation is different um and every situation in terms of how you do your safety planning to get yourself out of it is totally different safety planning yes so you have to have a plan um one of the first things that when i heard about bronwyn's situation i was enraged and i said if i had known about it oh we would have been there right you know spring 86 Mm -hmm. alpha eta we would have been down and we would have taken care of it well guess what that was the wrong thing to to do okay, so that so was now the wrong I'm educated do. about it because she had would have had to have a safety plan. She has how many years that she's been in Vegas with her children, and so if you just go down there and take an action, and then you don't have a long term plan, the worst thing you can do is go back into that situation. Okay, and women that know. have gone back or people that have gone back that typically um, end up badly. Because you don't have a place to go. So they're more enraged just because now you've done something and you're back. Mm. Um, and women, it takes women so many different, uh, I don't know the statistics, but the first time they don't just leave and, and leave. It takes them multiple times to leave, go back, and then finally leave, which mm. puts them in a worse situation. Yeah. So I would say that you need your safety planning. And sometimes you can recover. You can remain in that relationship if the person is willing to do the work. So the last thing we would want to do is say, leave. Right. That would have been my first thing, to leave okay. and fight. Uh, okay. Those are two bad things it to do. It feels counterintuitive. It does. Okay. But if you have a plan okay. to leave, think about if you were just, hey, tomorrow I'm going on a move to um, San Francisco. Okay. 
you're not just going to go up and, and say, I'm moving to San Francisco. You have to plan how you're going to get there, right. how you're going to maintain yourself there, how you're going to deal with anything that's left here. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in a good situation. Think mm-hmm. about a bad situation that mm-hmm. you had to come back and get all your all your all your things. Right. Right. Okay. And you're already in a situation where it was abusive. Okay. They're probably not going to be sitting there waiting nicely with right. your bags packed. Right. 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 So you could come back into a deadly situation. Gotcha. Or a worse situation. So you have to plan. You have to get your protective orders. You got to get everything in place before you decide to leave. So this is what I want to ask. What are the top three things? that are a part of the safety plan? Because I just heard you say an order. I I wouldn't even have known that. So I, I want to say the first thing you want to do is you want to get help. Um, if you're, if the signs that I've talked about thus far, if you've been embarrassed uh, in a cr- controlling relationship, financial situation where they're taking everything from you, I really want to ask you to call 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233. That number will get you to wherever you are in the United States, you're a local domestic violence organization that can specifically speak to your needs. Okay. Because sometimes you do need to leave right then. Okay. Right? So I don't want to dismiss the fact that that is an option and it should be used. Okay. But I want them to get with professionals that know. So if you're in imminent danger, please call 911. That's the first thing you want to do and you want to take care of that right away. Okay. The second, the number 1-800-799-SAFE is the hotline number. That if you feel that you have experienced any of these things, you can call them right away. But if you know you're in imminent danger, please call 911. Okay. Now, like you said, you your initial response would be to, like, get Alpha Eta 86 and let's roll on that fool. That's what you were thinking. That's what we're thinking. So now, what can we as friends and families, uh, what would be our role? Because... I definitely could think about and know situations, maybe not so many now in in my age or that people are willing to talk about, but in my 20s and 30s and we were all like in these such like connected relationships and we were so like, I'm in love and I love him and it doesn't matter. I remember you could be like, girl, just leave him. And then like five minutes later, they'll be back together. And I have to say for myself, getting pushed out with no shirt on, I was back. Right. And I stayed there for maybe a few more months until I was like, nah. So um, you were one of the fortunate ones. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people stay longer than that. And then they keep going back. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what is that thing that made you say, I'm not going to do that again? Right. And I think that... um Somewhere inside of me, I was just like, I don't deserve this. You know, I feel like I was, I'm a middle-class child raised in a great home with a great mom and great family that I know love me. Like I knew that people loved me. And so I felt like at some point that maybe this dude just didn't understand that level of love and that I was not going to allow myself to be put up with I I basically got tired of it Mm -hmm. you know I was like who you think you are you know I'm saying like do you know who I am you can't be pushing me out with no clothes on right that's crazy so that was why and I remember the day that I um told him I was out like for real because I'd said it before but this time when I was like I am out 
And I think that he didn't believe me. But then when I was staying gone and then the months passed, even after the calls and, you know, whatever. And this was before internet. And so it was just either you call, you don't have, there is no like, I can hit you on Instagram. I can slide into DMs. There was none of that. Mm -hmm. If I didn't answer the phone, there was no connection. Mm -hmm. So I think it was easier. I'm pretty sure it's much harder now with all these entry ways that you can get to people um, because it's just like bullying. You you know, if if they're not getting you on Instagram, then they on Snapchat then they call on your house or they standing at your door. There's so many ways. And so I think that his ego was a little bruised when he realized that I was out and I was staying gone. And then so I'm a I'm a lucky one. Mm -hmm. I'm a blessed one. I, I just didn't want you know I just didn't want to experience that it was so traumatic and it was so traumatic for so long but my friends would be like girl are you crazy like after the right after that big incident in public um they were like are you crazy and I was just like you know maybe am I crazy because I used to think I was like if you say the the moon is red and I'm saying it's white and I'm looking at it and it's white then that's like the emotional mental and part that, of it exactly so psychological is a is another piece of it um in terms of domestic violence and right. you know how are you playing those games on me you know um right. that's a critical piece and uh we have a series with my chapter uh, Prince George's County alumni chapter of Delta Sigma Theta, we're doing a series, a survivor series, and okay. we have sorors telling their story. Oh, and we wow. have one telling about financial abuse, yeah. one about psychological abuse, mm. um, one about, of course, um, you know, the physical aspects of the abuse and the isolation. And these are just signs that if you hear those stories, mm-hmm. and as you talked about it, it's the initial thing is like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm, am I crazy? Right. Or is this a sign? And I don't want to say every time you hear somebody, you know, say you can't go spend this, don't think about, hey, right. that's abuse. You right. Know, you may not need those Prada shoes or right. you may not need that, you know. We're talking Gucci about bag. a balance. We're talking exactly. about something that's like to the nth degree, something that's like not, that that's consistent, consistent. I, I would I assume. And then, you know, just not the norm, what we would consider right. the norm. Right. So, but a friend or a family member or a sister, what can they really do if they've seen it, like the signs? So you said you didn't see any signs for your lines. You had no idea. The only thing, and I want to bring this up because this was a sign. He was, um, he cheated on her. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, it was so common for him to have an extramarital relationship. And she shared that Mm -hmm. um, about Mm -hmm. those relationships. And I think at the time of her death prior to, she had, they had, she had left them. And, you know, they were not together and probably due to that. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't know that there were other abusive things that had happened um, up to that point. And, you know, you look at, as you talked about, college educated, very strong woman, very outspoken, um, have everything going on for herself mm-hmm. and to to have to say, you know, I've allowed my husband to do these kinds of things for me. Um, so that is when you see them stay in those kind of relationships and an acknowledgement of, you know, extramarital um, relationships. I do, and I was talking with someone um, earlier this week that had shared with me that was the sign for her. And um, she didn't really even know that she was in an abuse 
abusive relationship, mm-hmm. but it escalated when mm-hmm. she would confront him about it, mm-hmm. and it did become um, physical. So right. I think those are important signs that we can see. Um, and it's all about now I don't feel good about myself, and so he knows I don't feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Am I staying, or does he believe I'm staying because I can't get anyone else? And again, that's the dominant control over the person. Right. And then you start subjecting yourself to other abuse. Right. Um, and so I think for the question that you ask about what does the friend, what does the family member like do? Like how do they help you implement I, this safety I plan? I think you have to be aware. I think the big thing for us would be fabulous moments, not just the special moments, but the education and awareness mm-hmm. and getting us to be all ambassadors understanding about this thing called domestic violence or intimate partner violence. Right. Um, and so being aware of those signs, being able to... Um, be a good listener. The other thing I found out in this in in this space is you can't touch and release. I call it, you know, we've given be fabulous moments and a lot of those families are now a part of my family. One right. of the young ladies called me God mommy. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't touch and release. There's other things that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And if you just want to give them a gift and move on, it's really about their whole transformation journey of healing. Right. Um, and so I think that's the piece. You have to be willing as a family member and a friend to be there in the long haul. Right. Because if we... Without judgment. Without judgment. But you can allow and, and be factual about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, you don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. Hey, you need to get help. I'll go with you. Because mm-hmm. what happens is we say all those words and then we're off to the next thing on social media or, right. we, or we got, you know, somebody sent me a text or we're too busy right. to, to really go to court with you. We're right. too busy to follow you through with the protective order. We're too busy to try to help you with your safety planning. Um, and so it really is a long haul thing. And I, I would say get educated about what domestic violence is, what those resources are. There are so many resources in our area. One in Prince George's County, um, I think it's three years uh, ago now, they've established the Family Justice Center. Um, uh, Miss Denise McCain is the executive director, but it's a one-stop shop in Prince George's County for domestic violence, sexual assault, okay. and human trafficking. Okay. So if you're in there and you need a protective order, you go in that one door and you can get a protective order. If you need some help with trying to find out about a transitional home or something like that, they take care of everything. No longer do you have to go to all of these different places. And so I mm, would say if you're in good. Prince George's County, that is the place to go. So so that you can get the support that you need and of course is all free. Now how prevalent is a one-stop shop in other cities or other states? I would I'm not familiar with all of the states, but I believe there are family justice centers like okay. in other areas. I'm not sure how comprehensive they are. Um, but there are organizations out there that are doing really, really good work. And because of the awareness now, people are willing to talk about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still think in um, uh, people of color community, we're still hiding, hiding behind mm-hmm. um, of some of the thing, the stigma. So mm-hmm. we don't want to talk about it because we don't tell our business. Um, right. We're in the churches and we have this this thing that we have to stand up to. Um, and so we have to look the part. So I still think that the numbers are probably low. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I, 
I would really say again, get with the domestic violence hotline. There are so many different resources there that they would get you to wherever you are. If you're in the state of New Jersey, they know the places that to send you that would be able to help you. If okay. you're in North Dakota, they have those places. Now, let me ask you this, because I recently became aware of a situation where someone has a protective order against somebody and the police said that there's nothing that they can do at this point. The person is stalking them consistently and like even, you know, doing harm to, to like their property and creating a lot of fear. And the order in place was what we thought would be like the, the thing to help. Well, what is that about? So the protective order is a piece of paper, and I don't want to discount the fact that you need to get a protective order. Okay. But if you have an abusive person that cares nothing about um, the piece of paper or getting locked up, mm -hmm. um, that is as much as it's worth. Hmm. Um, so I think you would still need to do that because you need to get it documented. Like that a document, the abuse, right. That abuse. But the safety planning piece of it is critical because then you have to put your safe, safety plan together. Mm -hmm. So if I know that he is now stalking me or she is stalking me, um, I know that they are tampering with my... Um, my, um, you know, things in my house yep. or my car or something yep. like that. I need to now put a safety plan. Do I need to move? Right. Um, do I need to, you know, alter the way that I go home or alter the way that um, I go about my business? So those are some things that for you personally, and that's why it's important for you to sit down with a professional to say, mm -hmm. okay, here are the things that are going on with me. Protective order um, is going to be the first place but okay. it's not going to be the last place. Right. Um, as you know, in Prince George's County, they had plenty of protective orders. And unfortunately, there were um, the police officer that ended up getting shot over. And um, uh, what was it last year around this time where he was trying to come in and help his neighbor mm -hmm. and was killed by mm. um, her husband. Oh, wow. And so they had protective orders down in Charles County. Um, the person had just had a protective order filed. The husband still showed up to the house. She called the police. Um, the police came and escorted him out. He came back and killed her Man. Um, while the children was there. Um, and, you know, it goes on and on and on. So right. the protective order is the first thing that you need so that you have something on file to say that um, the abuse happened. Right. Um, all of them don't end up that way. Right. Um, but the ones that do are, are just too many. Yeah. So I say the safety planning is a critical piece to really walk through what are the other things that I need to put in place so that they can uh, prevent me from either physically or emotionally being abused. So is the safety plan like in a PDF somewhere online where people can just be like, all right, I'm about to go down this checklist and figure out how to get out of here there there are um you can go online and look at some safety planning i i would i would tell you that's a start mm -hmm. but the real thing is really working with a professional the um uh prince george's county family um Justice Center, they actually have counselors there that could actually sit down with you and have a safety plan um, done up for you. Okay. Um, and so those are the things. Think about how do I need going to work? 
Um, you know, mm-hmm. what do I need to do if I'm really in imminent danger? I need to notify my my place of work mm-hmm. that this is happening mm-hmm. because they need to put measures in place right. um, so that if he shows up or she shows up, that they don't show up either to hurt me or to harm people at work. So right. those are some things you think about. Um, changing some of your bank accounts if, if it's in his name mm-hmm. and um, thinking about, you know, children. And mm-hmm. so what do you do with your children? How do you notify the school? schools that this is happening. And so there is a checklist that you can go down, but it's going to be very specific for your situation because sometimes your situation may not prevent you um, from not allowing um, the father to see the child. Right. So I don't want to, you know, kind of put on air that you need to go down and actually uh, not have the, him be a father because right. sometimes he can still be the still father, be the dad, but cannot be in a relationship you. for you. Right. And so that's why the the safety plan is very specific to the ind- individual situation. Um, but I would I would say just look up safety plan for domestic violence situations. Um, but more importantly, get with a professional counselor and they will sit down and be able to lay that plan out for you. That's that's great. Great information. So please, if you're uh, experiencing anything like that and then or if your loved ones are, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe just if you know someone is dealing with this, maybe just go grab a cup of coffee or just go out somewhere in a neutral place and just like, let's go walking and then just bring it up. Because sometimes I feel like if we just at least bring it up. You know, they'll at least know you'd be like, this is a safe space. You could tell me and then we'll figure it out together. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because you'd rather that than you get a call Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then you kind of feel like I should have or I was too embarrassed or I didn't want her or him to be mad at me because I brought it up Mm -hmm. or I didn't want them to feel like I'm in their business or whatever. I know how people are and I know that that comes up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So let's. We're talking about being authentic and we're talking about living our most authentic and healthy selves. And you can't get to there um, unless you're willing to give voice to it and bring it to the light, no matter how painful it is, because it's painful now and it could probably just get worse. worse. So what we're looking for, the goal is to bring some peace to the situation Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, whatever way that looks like is worth it. It's worth it for your life. Yes. Is there a, and so a self-esteem component, how does that or doesn't it play into this kind of thing happening to people? I think people that have low self, self-esteem or have lost that self-confidence um, are more susceptible to domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm no expert in the field, but the um, survivors that I've been talking to, if you listen to their story, That is one of the common um, factors in that situation. They lost something. Either Mm -hmm. they didn't have it or they lost it along the way or they were looking for something that would um, give them some confidence. And so I think that's a critical piece, and that's the reason why after you come to a place where you are no longer the victim but the survivor, Mm -hmm. the journey still continues because you don't want to repeat that cycle. And there's so so many studies and resources out there that can help you with that journey. Some of it is I've been talking about, um, I actually went to a course um, about um, trauma um, and how yoga could help trauma, specifically domestic violence. And oh, wow. it's just about the breathing and, and using those same tools mm-hmm. to really get to that inner peace part of it. How do I deal with the anxiety piece 
of when I think about um, domestic violence or the trauma that I've experienced. Right. Um, you know, how do I begin to talk about it? How do I now go into another relationship right. and trusting and knowing that I can I can trust the person to be in this relationship? So the journey continues, and then I think it's all about as you talked about self. You know, mm-hmm. healing self, um, being healthy, and being authentic with yourself. Right. Um, you mentioned earlier, and I just wanted to go back to. I think it's easier um, uh, as ambassadors, friends, and family. Sometimes it's harder for you to come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. It's easier maybe if I could go talk to someone else because I don't have to have, you know, the embarrassment and everything. Mm-hmm. So whether it's your friend that you're talking to or whether you can talk to a stranger, we wanna make sure that you get help. This is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and you're gonna hear so many people talk about domestic violence. At Be Fabulous Moments, we're talking about it on a daily basis, but we're gonna emphasize this month, the awareness and the education about it. So please get help, 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233. Right. And what I have felt like I've seen happen is that the woman or the male, the other person thinks they can change that person. Mm -hmm. They think that they could help them. And that's why they're staying. He just needs me to be there. And then, you know, so we're talking self-preservation now at this point. If you're getting to the point where you're being mistreated and, you know, those types of things, then you can't help that person. It's one of those things where you can't give unless your cup is full. Yep. And so if your cup's not full, you don't have anything to give. So the self-esteem part kind of like ties into the cup being full. Like we, especially in this, in our community, women, we're so used to just giving, giving, mm-hmm. giving and being and taking care of everybody. And that is hard, you know, and, and it's all, and it's not sustainable and it's, it's not. and it's not even probably realistic right. um, on a long term basis, you know, where. And then that wears you down and wears you down. So if you're already tired from that and then you already, you know, have stuff going on at work and then you come home, you probably like pull up into the driveway and you get that sick feeling like you're about to have to go in the house. And then you have this person telling you you're not this or you're not this. And, you know, it really does start to wear. So just, you know, be aware of those types of little subtle things that kind of like snowball into a bigger situation. Is there a psychological profile of an abuser other than that person is actually another human being who is being hurt and hurt people hurt people? Hmm. I, I really think it's it's um, those individuals that feel a need to control. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think um, have this controlling and a lot of times it's low self-esteem of the other person. Yep. The other person doesn't have any self-esteem. Yep. So they're looking for an opportunity to control mm-hmm. and have control over situations. Unfortunately, um, statistics have shown that children, you would think they would mimic the behavior so that they wouldn't abuse a person, mm-hmm. but seeing the abuse right, um, tend to, and not all the time, they tend to be abusive in their relationships. And so, again, hurt people hurt people. Um, but I think it, it really goes back to that confidence and that self-esteem. And if you have low self-esteem, you're looking for the, something uh, to, to become control over or have power over. And so I think that's kind of a pattern that we're seeing. Hmm. So let's talk about the awesome moments that mm-hmm. you're creating. So mm-hmm. 
tell us how you created the Be Fabulous moments. And what, I mean, we know why it's um, to talk about advocacy, to, to remember Bronwyn and who she was and not what happened to her, which right. is super important. Right. But let's talk about how you came together. Like, where did the idea come from? And then let's talk about some of the events that you have coming up. Now, we know you have the spa, mm-hmm. but like, what was the first one? And then what was the like reaction of the parents and mm-hmm. the children and those types of things? Well, it started, um, I'm working with the organization called Sisters for Sisters um, Incorporated, and uh, the executive director is Carolyn White Washington. She's actually a Delta too, but she okay. started, and, and this is with the Domestic Violence Task Force in my chapter, and she started in, um, identifying individuals that needed some extra help, and I just we just started supporting them. And it became this whole thing of just identifying people that need that extra special touch um, and uh, and really trying to give them a fabulous moment. And so the first one was, again, um, a mother that needed some uniforms for her child. Okay. Um, And she called me up and she said, I know you're doing this Be Fabulous thing. And at the time we hadn't called it Be Fabulous, but it was Let's Be Fabulous. And so I said, awesome. I rallied up some folks and said, hey, we have an individual that need this, and, and here's the situation. And it just started to snowball. And so the next one came. They just needed a dinner. A grandmother, um, actually her son was the perpetrator who killed his wife and oh. then killed himself. Oh, wow. And she was there ca- taking care of the grandchildren. Right. And she wanted a moment just to take them to the movies and have a dinner um, because the finances just didn't allow them to really get away from that situation. And so those are the kind of stories um, that we started. And then we officially um, was able to get the 501c3 September of last year okay. um, to officially get it started. And um, and then we did our virtual launch on, on Bronwyn's birthday on July 20th of this year, mm-hmm. um, where we launched the official organization. So that was the impetus behind um, the fabulous moments and what we're doing. So I, I just want to put the website out very quickly, yes. www.befabulousmoments.org. If you are or know someone that need a fabulous moment, a woman or a child, go on there and request a moment. Um, We would like you to be associated with a domestic violence organization. If you're not, um, you can see the information there of how to request a moment. But we do want to be able to honor those special moments. Um, And so that's how all of that came to being. Um, We are... uh, like I mentioned, the spa day is with a local organization here. Um, we're going to do that October the 6th. It's called Pamper Me Spa, spa Day. Um, on October the 19th, I want to really highlight this will happen in Petersburg, Virginia, during Virginia State Homecoming. Mm-hmm. We have a, um, we're in partnership with the James House. It's called a Feel a Bad Campaign. Okay. And uh, they um, are a transitional home for domestic violence and sexual assault um, victims. And the big thing that they need is how do they transition from that house to their permanent independence? And a lot of times they're walking out of there with nothing. Right. So Be Fabulous Moments is um, filling bags, a Be Fabulous bag, um, and we want to give them um gift cards, as well as some personal items to get started on their independence. 
And so please go to our website at www.befabulousmoments.org. Hit on the donate button Mm -hmm. and it'll take you to the campaign. Um, There are 15 families there. And so we want to be a blessing to all 15 of those families. I'm I'm putting a challenge out to my Virginia State University alumni. Mm -hmm. Please go do that, um, even if I'm asking for at least $25 for for, um, your contribution. But anything that you can do, please help us get to our $3,000 goal. Okay. So you're looking for $3,000. Okay. So, yes, please go to the website and donate. And then, you know, sometimes... Uh, abundance comes in lots of different ways. If you can come and help, Absolutely. you know, yes. help us. Are you looking for volunteers? We also? are looking for volunteers. If you go to our website and hit click volunteer, you can um, fill out that information and, and we will contact you. I have six volunteers that are helping us this Saturday mm-hmm. um, with Be Fabulous to put on the spa. We are in need of additional volunteers for our James House event. Um, and so we're uh, excited about that. I would be remiss if I did not talk about the fabulous board members that Please we have. Do. Please do. I, there's no way I could do this alone. Um, and so my uh, sorority sisters, my line sisters are um, the officers. We have the vice president, Lisa Smith. Um, she is in Indianapolis. And so we are a virtual board where we're helping okay. across the board. Um, she's our vice president. Um, Vivian Lynn Now Parks. Um, she is our secretary. She's in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she is doing an awesome job keeping our social media up. Um, and then Tijuana um, Adams is mm-hmm. our treasurer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's doing an awesome job of getting everybody back their information that has donated. Um, and then we just added two new um, board members, Cynthia Meyer Kelly um, here in Akakee, Maryland, and then Shalene. Um, she is in Las Vegas. She was with um, Bronwyn's chapter. Okay. And so we have brought her in um, to help us actually get the information out in the Las Vegas area. So we're looking for an additional um, board member, and we're in search for, for that person. But we want to diversify our board, make sure that we can accommodate people across um, the United States. So we're just not germane to the Maryland area. So they're doing a lot of the work behind the scenes. And so I want to make sure that you know this isn't just about me. Right. But of we course. have an awesome board. Please go to our website and look at our board members. We will get the two additional board members up there. So we're we're excited about doing that work. And then the last thing that we're going to do this year as we end out the year, we're going to um, have um, four to five families that we're going to give holiday um, be fabulous moments too in um, all four of the areas that we're in. Okay, that sounds great. So you know you know where to go to donate. Mm-hmm. Um, you also know where to go to uh, volunteer because yes. hands and bodies that also is very helpful. Yes. Um, and so now you know that it's super important and one of the first things to do is I think one of the first things to do is to like be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. that this is happening and it's been happening probably for a while and that you don't have to deal with it right you don't have to deal with it there is support there are organizations out here there are individuals out here and there is a a blueprint if you will of ways to help you and support you 
to change your situation. So please, you know, go to the website and, you know, look at those things. Go to the website, but also sit with yourself and be like, is this me? Yes. And, and just be honest about it. Like, is it me? And then don't have any judgment on yourself of if it is you. Just think about how you're going to survive. Exactly. And how your children are going to survive and how your grandchildren are going to survive and how your legacy is going to survive and that you are um, born to be healthy and you're born to be vital and you're born to enjoy your life. You are not born to uh, live your life in fear of anybody. You are not born to do that. So once, and it takes a while to come to that. So just be honest with yourself, go to the website, pick up the phone, call to get some help. And, you know, just know that you can only heal it if you start to talk about it. And as soon as you start to talk about it and get and start to get the help, you're going to feel so much better. Freedom and, and happens. Your, and your whole situation can change. And so let's talk about for the last time where they can find you. And also we know the website is BeFabulousMoments.org. Are you also on any other social um, platforms? Yes, we're on Facebook, BeFabulousMoments, um, Twitter, as well as Instagram. Be moments. Okay. And then okay. be fabulous moments. Okay. Yes. So please check out all of those resources. And I'm just so grateful that you have started this. You Thank know, you. It's, it always seems like something has to happen, but then it just allows us to take things to another level. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that B is like, um, She's guiding you and she's so grateful Mm -hmm. that you are doing this and other women and other families and and men. We can't we're not leaving out the men. We know it's cross cross gender, cross everybody. It can affect anybody. These human beings are being impacted in a positive way by what you're doing and what what other organizations in this area are doing and nationally. So the hotline for the national hotline in case you're listening from somewhere else mm-hmm. Tawanda's going to give the hotline and then I want to just thank you know uh, I want to piggyback on your um, on your charge to anybody who's Virginia State and also anybody who's a Delta anybody who's in the National Panhellenic Council please yes. you know let's let's uh, come together to support this organization and to support its mission Thank so you. the national the national domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799 safe 1-800-799-7233 or you can go to www.thehotline.org um, Be Fabulous Moments website actually has um, um, a help section that has all of this information and more for all of the hotline as well as domestic violence organizations throughout the United States. So please go to our website as well. We have that information listed there. Beautiful. Thank you so much, big mm-hmm. sister. Thank you Thank so you. much for having uh, having so, me here. I appreciate it. Welcome. Uh, thank you again for joining us in the sanctuary. We hope you got some good information. Uh, thank you for listening again. And then follow us at Awaken and Heal on Instagram and at goddess-awaken.com to follow the revolution. Talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.